the Young and Healthy Podcast. You're listening to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cincinnati Children's Young and Healthy Podcast. My name is Bo McMillan, and I am your host for today, and I'm very excited because it is my first time hosting this podcast. Uh, They finally gave me the keys to the car, and uh, we're going to take it out for a spin. Um, My role here at Cincinnati Children's, I'm in the communications department, primarily do media relations, which means I work with news outlets to get important information out to families about what's going on in the world what's going on in our medical center and the services that we provide here at Cincinnati Children's. Today, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. Um, We're gonna be discussing why kids need pediatric sports and orthopedic specialists and the importance of that. And with me are two experts. The first is Dr. Kelsey Logan, director of sports medicine and mom to three athletes, and Dr. Eric Wall, director of orthopedics sports medicine. How are you all doing? We're great. Thanks for having us, Bo. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us over here. Thank you so much for being here. Let's start kind of high level. Um, I'd like to talk to each of you and kind of explain uh, to our audience what you do. So Dr. Logan, um, I'll start with you. Sure. Yeah, so I'm a pediatric sports medicine specialist, and uh, my field is a relatively young field. We've only been around for a couple of decades. With the advent of the boom of youth sports, there became a need for people who focused on adolescents and children in sports. And so we are a specialty that focuses on the care of people who have musculoskeletal and medical conditions that might affect their sport or their ability to be physically active. So we see non-athletes as well. We're sometimes called primary care sports medicine doctors, and that just simply means that we have training in one of the primary care fields, such as pediatrics or internal medicine, prior to having subsequent specialized sports medicine training. And so the primary care sports medicine specialists don't do surgery. Those are the orthopedic sports medicine specialists like Dr. Wall. But the physicians in our practice are primarily pediatric trained with a sports medicine fellowship that's specific to pediatric and adolescent athletes. However, two of us, Dr. Paul Gubanich and I, are also adult trained in internal medicine. So we treat essentially every non-surgical injury that's related to bones, muscles, or joints. So some examples would be back pain, shoulder pain, knee pain. However, what makes our specialty really great is that we're experts in non-musculoskeletal issues that affect athletes like concussions, fatigue, nutrition and sports performance issues. And we also frequently make return to play decisions after illnesses. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dr. Logan kind of uh, gave us a little heads up at Dr. Wall. Tell me about uh, orthopedic sports medicine. Yes, uh, I'm primarily doing uh, pediatric orthopedic sports medicine, and I do this, as Kelsey mentioned, I do the surgery. So, but it's, I'm not totally restricted to surgery. I do see a lot, treat a lot of things, complex things, non-operatively, but, but what distinguishes me is, is the need for surgery. And I focus on pediatrics in that children are much, much different than adults. In something in an adult, definitely needs surgery, is clearly indicated for surgery, is contraindicated or does not need surgery in a pediatric athlete. And so we focus on growth plates, remodeling. Kids have better healing and faster healing potential. And and many times will not need surgery. So it's actually a little more rare that you need surgery in pediatric sports medicine than you would in adult sports medicine probably comes to a relief to a lot of parents listening. (laughs) 
So your two roles uh, really go hand in hand in terms of how we treat our patients here. Uh, how would you describe how the two of you, I guess, complement one another? And what advice can you share with families who may not be certain which specialists they need? Yeah, this is a common question that we get, Bo, so thanks for asking it. And you're right, Dr. Wall and I work together every day. We do work hand in hand. Most of the injuries that we see are non-surgical, but every day we work together on cases that might need surgical input. And in the reverse, the, the surgeons consult with us on potential medical issues that could affect their outcomes. And the great thing about Cincinnati Children's Sports Medicine is that we've already done the triage work for you. So when you call for an appointment, our staff is trained to place the patient where they're going to get the most efficient and experts care, whether that's in a sports medicine clinic or an orthopedic sports medicine clinic. Yeah, nice and easy for parents then. Yeah. Yeah. And then for orthopedics is, you know, if, you're, if your child has a has fallen down and has a crooked arm or, or has had a major trauma, has a big swollen knee, something like that after an injury, or actually comes in many times into the emergency room, we are probably going to see them. And we take, you know, we take a lot of call. We do a lot of cases, especially now that summer season is we're going to be seeing a lot of fractures and, and that may differentiate that. But the thing that is nice about children's is, is they triage it. They, they differentiate between the two of us. So if you just call the hospital, they'll get you into the right person. Love it. I love it. Um, so I, I grew up playing sports, variety of sports, baseball, soccer, tennis, and I'm familiar with the old refrain of, you know, just walk it off when you yeah. get an injury. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think, I think some of the time that was very appropriate because I think I just didn't want to run. And so I would exaggerate an injury, but if, if I'm a parent and you know, my kid has, you know, some kind of injury due to a sport, what are things that I should look at that would tell me they definitely need to go see a doctor uh, or maybe perhaps wait and see how the injury plays out. Yeah. Um, I grew up the same way, playing sports, and I got hurt quite a bit. There was no sports medicine <laughs> where, I, where I grew up, and we did just walk it off or rub dirt on it. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, things, are, things are different now, though, especially in Cincinnati where we have such expert care. And so an, if an athlete gets hurt and has an obvious inability to function, like not being able to bear weight on a leg after an ankle injury, or if the knee is swollen and impacting ability to walk, then she should be seen quickly. And sometimes that injury is concerning enough to go through one of our emergency rooms or our urgent care centers, after which the process for following up with sports medicine or orthopedic sports medicine is, is very easy and fast. Of course, if there's deformity or obvious significant injury to that hurt area, like Dr. Wall talked about with the crooked arm, that should be seen right away, mm -hmm. I mean, immediately. But otherwise, a good rule of thumb to use is to give an injury or pain about three days to resolve. And if it's not going away or if the issue is affecting practice or play, it's time to have it evaluated. And I'll give you an example of my own child who is now 10 and um, she fell on a scooter last summer and her wrist hurt. Now, you might imagine my children don't get, don't get to go to the doctor very often. <laughs> so we kind of looked at it. <clears throat> the next day, there was a spot on her wrist that I knew was concerning that it might affect her longer than a, a few days. And so I called one of my partners, Dr. Kate Burrs, and she saw her that day, did an x-ray, put the right splint on her, and we went on our way. So if you're concerned about your child, that their function is being impaired, or if the pain is really not going away after about three days, then I think come and see us. Okay. So, so where do we land on the whole rubbing dirt into it? Does that actually work? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Okay. 
so so better to watch and then potentially go to the doctor yeah and i i think an answer to that question is is most minor injuries say minor sprains they're already going to be looking a lot better the next day if it's getting if it's getting worse or more swollen then I would just, I'm just looking at it from the fracture side, then I would start seeing fractures. But there are some very small fractures that the kids will will almost continue playing on, or you know, wrist injuries. And then all of a sudden, the next morning they wake up and say, this really is hurting, and they won't, they won't use it. That's a sign that probably you need to see one of us. I think that's such a great point to bring up because, you know, we're in the throes of sports seasons for kids, right? We've got baseball, we've got soccer, a variety of other things. What are some injuries that you're seeing a lot right now or, or what should parents be looking at in terms of the injuries that they most need to be attentive to, to, to perhaps come in and see a specialist? Well, I think one of them is like we see a ton of jam fingers coming, mm-hmm. coming in, I mean, year round, but even now. And one of the things is you're always worried, is this broken? And so sort of my rule of thumb, and it's, it's, it's not a studied rule, it's just what I'd say, is, is if you can't make, by the next day, if you can't make a full fist, you need to come in and see one of us. Hmm. And so, so that, so that's what we're, we're seeing a lot of now, especially as we get into summer season, the fractures just skyrocket. It's, sure. it's, it's an epidemic. Well, I don't like to use that word, an epidemic of fractures. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure. And I, I love that, uh, making a fist analogy. I think that's something very tangible that parents can do and ask their kids to do something pretty simple. So that's, that's fantastic. Uh, one thing that I'm really interested in want to kind of start going down the rabbit hole here with you all is that you all specifically specialize in pediatrics. You, you are, are a specialist in your field in, in, in pediatrics. So when a young athlete needs, needs medical attention after an injuries, uh, after an injury where their parents take them is incredibly important. Uh, it can be tempting for families to take t- kids to the same specialist who they themselves see as the parents uh, or go to doctors who take care of professional athletes in the community. Certainly, we have plenty of those here. But actually, it's really important for kids and teens to see pediatric specialists like yourselves. Can you all talk about that and kind of explain why that's important? Yeah, we spend a, a good amount of time, Bo, talking about this with our families. Um because there's lots of specialists in town. And it is important to remember that um, we're experts in young bodies that we see in the adolescents and the children that we care for. And one of the first conversations I have with with new patient families is a discussion of how young athletes are different from adults, the differences in their body size and strength, where where their weak spots in the musculoskeletal chain are compared to our uh, bodies as adults, how the developing brain learns and adapts, and then how growth affects both injury and recovery. So it, it is crucial to remember that our young athletes, even though they're really good at what they do and sometimes they look like adults, they're really not. They're not small adults. And so we are trained first as pediatricians to understand how young bodies develop and mature normally to adulthood. And secondly, we're sports medicine doctors. And so the ability to combine the two of those means that we are specially trained to handle issues that the young skeleton has with movement development. We are very holistic in our care of those young athletes and take uh, in account all their development into our treatment plan. And, and Dr. Logan, you wrote a really great article uh, on our blog entitled Caring for Young Athletes, the Importance of Pediatric Specialists, which delves into that a little bit more. So I'll put a plug for that because I think that's a really good read for families. 
Um, Dr. Wall, any thoughts on, on your side, on the orthopedic side with, you know, why is it important uh, that you yourself are a, a specialist in pediatrics in this area? Well, maybe not the most important, but what's, what's really important for, for, for you as a parent, but for your child is right now we're getting into the hot 90 degree weather. And if you want a waterproof gas for your child, then you've got to come to Children's Hospital. Hmm. It's We're really the only ones that use waterproof in the whole tri-state area. And that being is just, I just remember as a kid, do you want your, you know, you get 18 summers as a child and you want to use them as much as you can, but you don't want to be sitting by the pool again with 90% humidity, 90% heat and not be in the water with your friends. So I would say that's the most tangible thing. The other thing about it is that kids heal so well, and I think I mentioned this, is that, is that um, many things that need surgery in adults just don't need surgery. Some things don't need hardly any treatment. And so I think you want to come to it, at, at least from the orthopedic aspect, you want to come to a pediatric orthopedist because the, the worst thing you want your child is to have unnecessary surgery. Mm -hmm. So you really want to make sure and I kind of say like, you know, a, a forearm fracture in, in an adult that's displaced almost always needs surgery, needs plates and screws, two big incisions. But in children, rarely needs, maybe one or two out of 100 need surgeries, have to be really horrible or have to have to have pop, uh, bones would have had to poke through the skin. The, the, there are two things there that that really popped up in my mind. The first is the waterproof cast I think is absolutely important. I, I'm a transplant to Cincinnati and I've just come to accept that we really don't get spring here. It's like cold yeah. and rainy and then next the next week it's 90 degrees. So yeah, you don't want to be a kid. Again, so many sports happening right now. You don't want to be a kid. You get injured early in the season and then you can't go do fun things with your friends. Like that sounds terrible. You don't want to be the one sitting with your feet in the pool while the rest of them have fun. So I do think that that's actually really important because you all are thinking about that, right? You're thinking about the needs of the child outside of just the, the direct procedure or care. You're thinking about them after. The second thing I really liked is um, your approach to surgery. And in fact, you know, with children, maybe not needing it as much as one would think. And I want to delve into that a little bit. Um, it's just an anecdote. A couple of years ago, a friend of a friend reached out because their 10 year old son had an elbow injury from pitching and the adult provider who first evaluated them wanted to do surgery immediately. Uh, that, uh, that child's parents went and got a second opinion. And the second opinion was that, uh, it, it would actually heal over time with therapy. Do you find that to be a typical scenario? It's not typical because Actually, many of the, the the adult surgeons in town, orthopedic surgeons, will actually refer patients right on to us, hmm. especially if they're least, if it's unusual to them, and many of these things are going to be unusual, and if they have any questions, they'll refer to us. So we actually are pretty collegial with adults and many, many patients. So I think it's it's relatively rare that we see that, but it's always it's always a good opinion in medicine to get a second opinion. So, so I, I'd agree with that, but some things are, are totally different. Like what's really hot in, in baseball now is the Tommy John surgery mm -hmm. for, you know, tearing your ligament. But in, in pediatrics, it's extraordinarily rare. It's still rare. You may start seeing it up in high school, but, but, but a thing that's much more common in the elbow is this thing called osteochondritis desiccans that almost nobody has heard of, but is, is I'm having to do surgery maybe 
two or three times a week on. And that's something that's totally really unknown to parents and to the adult elbow population is there are other things in the elbow that may need surgery hmm. and, 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 and it's certainly just very careful care so that they don't go on to become a bigger problem, get them to heal as a child. That, that's a re really interesting point. And it, it, it brings the thought, is there an advantage to a younger athlete who, you know, they still have years and years and years uh, to play. Is there an advantage to them to avoiding surgery? Um, or is that more of a case by case basis? I mean, obviously, sometimes it would be necessary, but well, if the outcomes are equal, I would say I'd want my child avoiding surgery. Mm -hmm. But in many things, that sur surgery is going to give you a better result, or needs to be needs to you need surgery, but you need it done well because kids have a lot of differences in their bones. Especially, I may have mentioned growth plates. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, they have growth plates in there. You have to be steer clear of those. You have to be careful. You have to modify, like a, a child. You know, occasionally a, a very, very talented athlete at age ten will tear their ACL, and we used to never do surgery on those and wait till they were sixteen. But they'd lose out on all you know, let all that sports activity for six years. But now there are techniques that have been developed, and and many of these developed at Cincinnati Children's that allow you to do a very safe ACL reconstruction and respect the growth plates and avoid those growth plates. Whereas if you do the standard adult ACL procedure, that could shut down shut down their growth in that extremity or in that knee, and they could have either a short leg or a crooked leg. So, so sometimes surgery is necessary, but only if it's gonna give you a much better outcome either now or in the future. And you say, I, and, and again, I love that you're so focused on this is what we would do for the child. This is what we would do for that patient. And you mentioned these techniques um, in, in some cases being pioneered at Cincinnati Children's. And, and that's one thing I think is that's really special about this place. Um, Dr. Logan, we, we know the idea of seeing the same doctor and physical therapist that college and professional athletes see uh, is appealing to young athletes, right? We, we have uh, sports teams here uh, with all kinds of sponsorships in this area. But Cincinnati Children's has a lot of differentiators that set us apart. And we're really cutting edge in a lot of uh, the technologies we use, the techniques we use. Uh, what are some of these programs? What, what would you tell parents to encourage them that, you know, hey, we really are the experts in this field? Yeah, well, one of the things I need to say is that Dr. Wall is, um, is very humble. And what he's not telling you is that he's one of the nation's experts on ACL reconstruction. And he, he and our physical therapy team have helped pioneer the rehab protocols after ACL reconstruction. Um, and I have to say um, about our physical therapy team, it is likely the best sports physical therapy for young athletes in the country. The things that we can do here um, as far as outcomes and return to play beat anywhere that I've ever seen. And they do stay cutting edge and try new things and determine whether or not they they work. We are a research institution that's very focused on breaking new ground, and they do that. Um, we see second opinions all the time from outside providers and outside physical therapists where things just haven't gone well. Mm -hmm. And I know that once I put them in the hands of either our surgeons or our physical therapist, and most of the time both, that that kid is going to get better. And um, so that is is one of the differentiators, just the better outcomes. But in, a, in addition, the things that I really love about our institution, 
all involve safety for kids. For example, our Department of Radiology has specialized protocols for everything that we need that has less radiation and is safer and more comfortable for the kid and, by extension, the parents. Um, and my own children have experienced that. And so um, making sure that the kid is safe and gets the most um, efficient and effective care, uh, the safest, is really a, a huge differentiator over the um, adult organizations. Yeah, you mentioned outcomes, and really at the end of the day, that's why we're here, right? We want the best outcomes for our patients. Dr. Wall, I'm sure especially in uh, in your field, when surgery may be on the table, you may need to do that. You know, outcomes are in your mind right away. Uh, can you speak to that all, your process and ensuring the best outcomes for the patients here? Well, well, especially in medicine, even in surgery, we don't always know the correct answer, especially in rare conditions or, or kind of new sports injuries that show up all the time. But but one of the things is at Cincinnati Children's, we do research, which means we, we, we look at new treatments and make sure, I would say half the new treatments in orthopedics don't pan out. <laughs> and so they just don't work or they leave you worse off. It's, it's sort of, if you look at total joint replacements, they had squeaky joints, they try new things and stuff. So you really want to look at things before you, you go all in and make sure they're well-researched. And we're part of, we're in just pediatric sports medicine, we're part of multi-center studies looking at pediatric ACLs and, and also this other condition called osteochondritis desiccans and then patellar instabilities. Those are, are three other groups that we actually lead the nation either lead the study or lead our leaders in the enrollment of patients into those studies. And those are focused at on looking at outcomes of what we're doing. And so, so it's very likely if you get your surgery at us in, in one or two years, you're going to get a call from your doctor saying, how are you doing? And we're going to check your, all, your outcome. And that doesn't happen very often in orthopedics. You get a call from your doctor two years later, but we check, we check virtually everything in a very formalized fashion. I love that so much, both from, from your comments from both of you, because I, I think it just shows that for young athletes, Cincinnati Children's really is the place to go, right? From specialists like you and your team being able to uh, work specifically with younger patients, but then also this focus on the outcomes that you may not see other places, uh, especially follow, following up years later. I think that's really special. Uh, so, so I'll leave... Uh, with one last question um, that I think could be helpful for families. So a lot of our families uh, have kids in programs, schools, uh, you know, wherever they play their sports, where they're sponsored by, uh, you know, adults, uh, sports medicine and, and orthopedic programs. And so if their child gets an injury, you know, they may be told by the staff or, or the, the coach, you know, whoever it may be, you know, go here, this is the place to go. And so they may be uncomfortable saying, well, I'd, I'd rather go to Cincinnati Children's. Do, do you have any advice for them? Just, I guess, practical advice for saying, actually, we, we think this is where it would be most appropriate. Yeah, this is tough. And we, we hear this all the time because our um, most of the schools in our wider urban area are covered by some sports medicine provider. Mm -hmm. And um, usually there's an athletic trainer at the school who directs them to care. And um, it, it, sometimes everything is fine and it, it works out uh, just fine, especially if it's a um, an older athlete um, who's almost fully skeletally mature. But this is where we get a lot of our second opinion requests from is the common story is we were told to go 
here by our athletic trainer and now we're coming here. And so, um, usually once people come and, and see us and, um, work through the holistic care of, of, uh, treatment plan that we have for their child, they, they come back to us, but, um, it is very difficult. And most of the time parents are just trying to get their kids seen quickly and they want to make sure that first their child is okay and, and safe. And if not get something fixed. And so, um, I, I would say that, um, you know, as a parent, you, you do what you think is right for your child. And, um, we're here if you need us. Um, we can see folks really quickly and we try to make scheduling uh, very convenient for, for really busy families and have alternate hours so that people can be seen quickly, but it's, it's tough. I mean, I even know with my own kids, it's really tough because we play a different sport every season, sometimes two in the same season. And when they get hurt, you know, thankfully I, I know what to do, but if I were a parent who didn't have sports medicine skills, <laughs> I, you know, I would be at a loss. So, but we're, we're always here and, um, we, uh, we are the people who want to see the kids keep playing. We're the doctors you come to when you want to keep playing. And if it's safe, we're going to figure out a way to get you back. Love that. And you know, let me just give you an, an example. It's last night I was in the office. This is regularly scheduled hours at 7 p.m. So we have family-friendly hours. But there was a, it was a patient that had torn their ACL, a very good athlete. And he had seen two other adult orthopedists in Cincinnati. And they had explained that he needed surgery, which I agreed with. His growth plates were are, were closing, so he didn't need to be too special, too worried about growth problems. But neither of the 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 adult orthopedists had told him that the number one complication of patients under 18 when they get their ACL reconstructed is graft retear. You do the surgery, they rehab for six, nine, or 12 months, and then they go back out and the graft retears. And that's not seen. Once you're over 20, the graft retear rate is, is maybe two, three, four percent. But in children, it's anywhere from 15 to 30 percent. That could be one in three, one in seven to one in three. And so, so I know this because I'm part of this ACL study group that we, this national multi-center group, and we saw that in our data that they were having a much higher rate of retear. And so now we've converted over for the graft is using a quadriceps tendon which almost nobody else in the city is using, but it's become a real differentiator and it's, it's, taken, it's taken the graph retail rate from 15 to 30% down to, down to somewhere probably less than 5% and maybe even less than 1%. So it's really important that you stay up on the research, that you're doing the research because you, you get the results first if you're actually doing the studies and you, and you work together with, with 20 or 30 other other hospitals and groups to do this work. That's incredible. And, and I think just another differentiator that highlights what we're doing here at Cincinnati Children's to, to best serve uh, our young athletes in our community. Um, anything I've missed as we wrap up this conversation, anything that you guys want to mention we didn't get to talk about? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. But just yeah, keep in mind that the kids are way different. I told you about the Tommy John ligament, but also kids just don't get rotator cuff injuries. And the thing is, if you see an adult trained person, they're going to you have shoulder pain. They're going to say rotator cuff, but it actually could be a problem with the growth plate in your shoulder. So, so that's what I think it's really, it's just, it's, it's just, there's, there's some similarities, but there's huge differences between children and adults in the way they're treated. Yeah. And I, I just want to say in closing, like it, 
it is so fun to treat kids who play sports and love to be active. It, I get to play with kids all day, every day. Um, and then I go home and do the same thing. And uh, in sports medicine here, it um, the conversations around treatment really are focused on what are the goals of the kid? What are the goals of the teenager? What are the goals of the family for their child? And take into account other stressors in their life, particularly academics. Um, you know, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to make their high school team? Are they trying to go on to college? And we get those things. We, we understand it. Most of us have lived that. Most of us were collegiate athletes and we also have kids who have their own dreams. And so I would expect those types of conversations, you know, parents, we get you and um, we know what you're living through. Cincinnati is a tough youth sports environment. There is something going on all the time. And we are having to make the same decisions for our kids that you are about what they should participate in, how much they should do. That's always a, a big question. What is too much? And you have to take into account everything about the kid, just like their primary care pediatrician would do to make the best decisions for that child. And I, um, I love being able to do that with families every day. I love that. I, I think that's such great perspective. Uh, well, Dr. Logan, Dr. Wall, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I think this is really helpful information for families out there. I appreciate you being on my first rodeo as podcast host. You all were excellent. And I, I hope you'll come back and uh, come on the show again sometime. Anytime, Bo. Yeah, Thanks. Bo, thank you. You certainly have a voice for a voice for radio. We're and not, a face for TV. And a face hey, for TV. Hey, don't, Symphony, don't cut that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all again, and we'll talk to you soon. This episode was recorded on May 26th, 2022. The content of the Young and Healthy podcast is for informational and educational purposes. Our theme music was created by Stephen Grieco. This episode was produced by Symphony Fair Harris. Follow Cincinnati Children's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.